Hello and welcome to the E-Cubed podcast. Enterprise Endpoint Experts. I'm your host, co-host Bill Burnett, and our other co-host today is Amy Casto. Good morning. Morning, Bill. And our esteemed guest today is Kim Oppelfen. Morning, Kim. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Amy. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Amy asked uh, that we keep an eye on her, and if she falls asleep, wake her up. So you have a small task. <laughs> I'll suddenly kick her. Yeah, you're within yeah, yeah, You're conveniently <laughs> positioned to kick her. Okay. <laughs> okay, very good. So we're talking today about the Configuration Manager State of the Union. Uh, and I can see here, based on your deck, this was given by Presenter 1 and Presenter 2. I assume you were one of those? I was one of those. I, th I think we had five <laughs> presenters on stage this okay. year. And the slide deck has a template for two presenters. So. I know. I, I was giving you grief about leaving the template unfilled out. Yeah. So let's just dive right in. End of configuration managers, <clears throat> end of support for configuration manager 2007. So what does the end of support mean for people? The end of support means that there'll no longer be support. Um, call Office Manager 2007 support desk. After that date, they'll probably tell you to go to the next version and that your issue is potentially fixed in there. And if it's not, that the only way they're ever going to fix it is in that new version. Okay. And so what should people do to prepare? They should get off 2007 like three years ago. They should have been off 2007 for quite a while. I even think that even though it's not anywhere close um, to being end of support, I think people should move off of 2012. Yeah, that's a fair point. Some people yeah. would argue they should move off of 1610. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new configuration manager current branch is nowhere near in a comparison to the older ones with the rapid release cycles and the features that are coming. So people should get on that. It scares me thinking of organizations kind of dragging their feet at upgrading because. Windows 7 is also ending end of support. So how are you going to manage Windows 10? Are you just not going to do it anymore? Or Well, uh, it risks, or there's a risk that companies will do their Windows 7 first because that gets all the focus and move off of Windows 7 first and then do the management tool later, but that doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't work that uh, way. It doesn't work that way. Your management tool is the first thing you should be upgrading. Operating systems can then be upgraded using the newer set of tools that you have to manage that um, to manage that operating system. But it's one of those prerequisites that companies tend to forget about, and then all of a sudden, oh, so we have to do this part quickly, quickly. That's not a good way to do it. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> I won't even uh, bore you with those stories, but yes, that's well put, right? In IT, you're like, we've got, but we've got to get this thing done as soon as possible. Well. If you don't take time to do the proper groundwork, you're going to regret it. Yep. Okay, so then you have my favorite slide in this deck, which is just says Skynet. It's a neural net-based artificial intelligence from Cyberdyne Systems Corporation. What is that? Well, I think most people know Skynet from, uh, from the movie. Um, we put that in because, well, the State of the Union talks about what the future is like. And when we were prepping for the session, we had a couple of people come over. So what is going to be in there? What are you going to tell us? So we kind of put that in there as <coughs> our new end goal being of the same end goal as 
Skynet. Nice. I like it. Joke. I like it. Somebody, you know, we already have the, the, the <clears throat> deployment bunny. Somebody should be the deployment robot from the future. Yeah. I think, I think there's a, uh, a configuration manager superhero character waiting to be stepped into. So modern management, you're talking a lot about modern management. And let's start with um, what exactly you consider modern management to be. Oh, we, tr we try to define it, as far as I'm concerned, for the pretty much first time and give it some sort of a definition. If it's all been out there and everything all of a sudden carries the word modern. Um, we define it as modern has to give something back to the end users. That's the only thing that makes sense for a service related industry to do something for the people you are servicing. And we thought things that could be interesting to end users all around is being able to work from anywhere. And I think anywhere is the main thing uh, as far as I'm concerned in modern and that's where my slide comes in, where I'm at the beach, working. Yes, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong here, Amy. That you're drinking wine while you're working at the beach, if I. <laughs> that is how I, to do it. I, I think it's tomato juice to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I would never drink wine while I'm working. <laughs> in a wine glass. Um, Just to push it up. Absolutely. Do you find that when, when you start talking about modern management and you're talking to IT pros who maybe don't have the luxury of going to conferences like we do a lot and we're very in the thick of it, do you find that the more separated people get from the center that there's more misconception. Like I, I feel like a lot of IT pros that I talk to outside of conferences are worried that modern management means the death of config managers. There, there, there's a, a lot of people and a lot of IT pros that associate modern management with Intune because I think that probably was one of the first products that started using that catchphrase. Um, and now you see a lot of other companies Pumping on that modern mm -hmm. train, not just for management, but modern authentication. All of a sudden, everything is modern. Um, what we try to do during the State of the Union is try to define, right, so what do we mean by that, or what is a sensible meaning for it, whether that's the official Microsoft meaning uh, or not, is not all that relevant as far as I'm concerned. Maybe some myths. Amy, you want to drive us through some modern management modern management myths? Modern management is required. Well, obviously it is not. Um, that's why it's part of the myth. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the other tools out there. It has strengths, it has weaknesses, it has very sensible things to do, um, and it has things where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go there. So that's why I put it in as one of the, one of the myths in, uh, in modern management. Modern management is a tool. It should not. Um, I've been in this sector for quite a while. One of the things I always say, it shouldn't be about the tool. Um, the tool should be irrelevant. You're trying to deliver a service. Um, the, the tool that allows you to deliver that service to the best of your ability. So, no, it shouldn't be about being a tool. Modern management is only in the cloud? Again, no. 
Um, although the cloud is pretty heavily related to it, um, especially in the solutions that we see right now, the cloud is one of those pieces that allows the anywhere component of modern management to work. And the anywhere component is especially important. And there's not an easy way to do something from anywhere if you don't have connectivity everywhere. And connectivity <coughs> with a cloud service is one of the ways to have connectivity everywhere in an easy fashion. Mm -hmm. So modern management is a rip and replace with existing management tools? No, it, again, it shouldn't be, because um, then you're just rebuilding something as a cloud service. Um, I think that that's what a lot of people initially thought. We do small things in the cloud and we build it until it can replace other management systems. The effort in doing that, a lot of those management systems have been around for like two decades more and, and more. You've got to rebuild all that in the cloud service. It's going to take too long for it to be a rip and replace. And it doesn't make any sense, especially if you're replacing management systems that you've developed yourself. If you're competing with something you've already done, that's not a very sensible thing to do. So no, modern management should extend upon whatever management solutions we have now. And there's an evolution going on, obviously, in the IT industry that potentially there's a number of things that will no longer need going forward. One of the things Microsoft is betting on is that we no, no longer need OS deployment in this and X number of months, years, decades, whatever mm -hmm. people, uh, people think. Um, so if that's no longer needed, then there's no need to build it as a cloud service component. Mm -hmm. And speaking of rebuilding and replacing, Intune is replacing Config Manager? Again, and it's one of those misconceptions, and, and it's uh, one of the things David James, which has, who has been with the product for like two decades plus uh, by now, he said, well, somebody has been predicting the end of Config Manager for as long as I've been working on this product. Um, and we're still here. Um, they're the only product within Microsoft that has hit that rapid release cadence. They said they were gonna do a release every four months. They said that in November 1511 or 2018 and they've pretty much been spot on every single release, every four months. That has been impressive. I have got to say, in the entire history of the technology industry, as I've known it, not the whole you know history of the industry, but just the bits I've seen in the time I've been around, no company has ever set that kind of a schedule and just kept to it all the time. It, it is a rather significant accomplishment that I think people are kind of used to now, but I, I do want to say uh, that's pretty amazing. And now Brad is, and you have a very old picture of Brad here in the slide. He is saying that there are only a, a small handful of cloud services with 100 million monthly active users. What is the significance of that quote? Why do you have it here? Well, we actually have two quotes in that, uh, in that slide, and they're, they're pretty far apart. The very first one where um, Brad mentions to have sassified, which apparently is a word now, 
um, configuration manager was actually from the very first release of configuration manager current branch. That's where he introduced the updates and servicing and the rapid release cycle. Um, the other one that you refer to as having 100 million monthly active users is a pretty recent one. It's a quote from last month, but I thought both were um, interesting in that they refer to configuration manager as a cloud service. Yeah. Um, and not as an old, <coughs> non-modern, on-prem product, uh, which is an interesting way to look at it. That is interesting. That's a big mindset shift. And I, I realize I'm missing the point slightly, but correct me if I'm wrong here, Amy. Wouldn't Sassify have already been a word that would mean to have made sassy? <laughs> You I'm make a very saying. valid point, and, and perhaps <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. So the cloud, where it makes sense, you point out here with Config Manager, you've got cloud VPs, cloud management gateway, co-management, Azure Active Directory, Windows Analytics, and Defender ATP. So these are areas where you can use the cloud with Configuration Manager. These are areas where you can use the cloud with Configuration Manager, uh, indeed. And again, it goes to that portion that configuration manager is looked at as a cloud service. It already integrates with a lot of cloud services. And the slide actually doesn't have all of the cloud integration points that configuration manager already has. We started naming them and then we like, slide is gonna be way too full if we mention all cloud interaction points that, um, that we have. So I think we left at least three others out of that slide because it's consuming and providing the cloud with data. Configuration Manager does both. It consumes data that is available in a different cloud service, and it provides those cloud services with data or easier ways to set up client systems to talk to those clouds. So it does both. Okay, awesome. And this next slide is uh, says DJAM. What happened since last MMS? So. I called him David Jammer. You call him David James, because that's his name, whatever. And here you're calling him DJM, which sounds like a cool hip-hop name. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I don't think many people call him David James full out. I think DJM is, is short for uh, <laughs> also it's, it's his call name. DJAM. I think typically just call him DJ. I'm too lazy to type <laughs> anything else. <laughs> so he goes by a lot of names. So, But he has some awesome slides in here about the growth of configuration uh, manager. and. And what he's basically showing is that every new release that comes out is adopted by more people and more quickly than the one before. So the rate of growth itself, in terms of adoption and the rapidness of it, is continuing to increase with every release. Is that right? Yes, it is, which is, which is pretty remarkable. And they release it in what we call fast ring and slow ring. So for the people that want to adopt first, there's the scripts to go to fast ring. Um, this particular release, they went to slow ring, which means everybody gets it. They went to slow ring later than they did for other releases, mm -hmm. but it got up in like nine or 10 days. They got up the difference. Really? Because people were not impressed with your slow ring. They were just adopting it anyways. That's fantastic. All right, and some stats. You want to read off some stats here on Config Man in the last 12 months, Amy? Yeah, so for 1706, 1710, and 1802, uh, that's a lot of math. 14,200 and perhaps more um, code check-ins with improvements. 
Yes or no? Well, that's what Feejan said, so yeah. I assume so. Okay. I don't, I don't have insight into those stats, but that's what he probably that means okay. that means a lot of code got changed in just a year or so. Eighty percent of all client upgrade issues fixed. That's a big one. That's a very like big one. Super true. Yeah. Um, server upgrade failure rate is reduced to below 0.04%. Which, again, is very significant. That means that those rapid releases and people adopting them quicker is because the quality is there. The amount of times it fails is very, very, very low. Um, and in previous slides, Vijan has said, and if an upgrade does fail, just retrying typically solves it. Mm -hmm. um, so they have very, very few support calls where they have to step in and fix an upgrade, which obviously helps in following along at a rapid release cadence that they're on. Okay, so looking back, looking ahead, um, what will the next three years bring? I see here Satya at Build last week said the future is intelligent cloud and intelligent edge. I'm not so sure that he couldn't have fit the word intelligent one more time in that quote. I'm disappointed in his lack of saying shiny. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have a call with it. Shiny or for the <laughs> come, come to my session. I'll put a shiny in there somewhere this afternoon. Okay. Just for you. Um, well, I, I understand what you're saying. And intelligent probably carries the risk of being the next modern, um, that we just invent another term that nobody can actually qualify or quantify. So I'm, I'm kind of making fun of the terminology, but the truth it's, is he has a valid point because they really are shifting the company. So what does he mean by that? What I think he means by that, because obviously I can't speak for, uh, for Satya. No, you um, don't want to misspeak for him, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but what I think he means <laughs> is that and we've actually seen that initially, I think with Office 365, if you put all data into the cloud, especially data from multiple, multiple customers, there's a ton of things you can learn from that. Um, and for Office 365, it was just better spam control because you see, okay, this goes out to a bunch of different companies that's all the same message. That doesn't appear to be good. Okay. Um, so there's, there's interesting data there and you can make intelligent decisions based on what you see from data within a sing single company, mm -hmm. but equally from data that you see across companies. Windows Analytics is one of those examples where yeah. I, if 10,000 people have been able to use a certain application on a new Windows 10 build, it's probably gonna work out okay for you as well. There's only right, 10,000 right. people that tried it. So they sit on a ton of data um, that can make decisions easier because that rapid release cadence means we have to make decisions quicker and to make those decisions quicker in a sensible way you need to understand your environment and you need to know what your environment is gonna be like and what the impact is potentially gonna be most IT services aren't very good at understanding what their current state is. We just don't have that data. Or we have that data, but we don't have a way of making sense out of that data. Mm -hmm. The intelligent cloud and the intelligence edge is supposed to tell you what the next step is 
for you based on all the data they select. That's great. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. <clears throat> and we won't hold your feet to the fire if Satya comes back and says, yeah, I was listening to this podcast and I'm a little upset with Kim <laughs> right now. <laughs> he didn't get it at all. That's yeah. a fair point. <laughs> Just give him my number. I'll we'll sort it out. Okay. And uh, CM Pivot. What is CM Pivot all about? I want to cover that, and then we're going to go to Amy for a Would You Rather, and then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, CM Pivot was a big demo during the State of the Union. Um, and again, its significance is Configuration Manager, historically, and as a mess before that, has always been about schedules, 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 which means it could take a long time before something started to happen, uh, which especially in troubleshooting and demos and stuff like that can be quite annoying. CM Pivot builds upon the Run Scripts feature where Jason and I did a session on Monday morning at 8. Um, it's one of those first things where Configuration Manager starts to become pretty close to real time in collecting data and configuring and managing machines, which again, for the product, is a pretty significant shift. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, it's one of those things where DJM at this conference has made a number of promises that in the slightly longer run, we want to take more of the products to this more real-time, quick, snappy, uh, management tool as opposed to it being all about scheduling and waiting and stuff like that. That is an important shift in this it day is. and age for sure. Amy? Okay, so Kim, <clears throat> you spend a lot of time traveling around, talking with people, helping them with Config Manager, do you not? Yeah, I'd say I do. So would you say that in your career you've amassed quite a bit of tools and scripts things that really help you to get the job done or help you help customers? I do. I have a pretty large tool set, although I'm not a very organized person, so the tools are all over the place in a bunch of different VMs, okay. and I have to redevelop some of those tools every once in a while, but yes. <laughs> Would you rather lose all of your money or all of your tools? All of my money or all of my tools? That's an easy one. I don't have all, all that money so. <laughs> <laughs> money is the easy one <laughs> okay that sounds I can get my they took away my coffee because apparently I was clanking it on the table so we can wrap this up and I can get my coffee back from the people thank you so much for joining us Kim thank you Amy thanks guys thanks right. for having us bye from the bye